Welcome to the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. For those of you who don't know, GTFO means get the F out. In this podcast, we will be discussing how to get the F out. How to get the F out of a bad situation, predicament, or something you want to flat change. I'll be interviewing individuals who have had to GTFO. Expect to hear stories of those who experience situations of despair, pain, and fear. And the only way to escape it was to GTFO. Through this podcast, I want to give you, the listeners, the power and courage to make life changes should you need to GTFO. Have you ever fantasized about leaving your nine to five? Like you're driving home from a hectic day at the office, you're in traffic, you're reviewing and thinking about all the things you would do differently if you were in charge. Yet, even though you have great ideas and absolutely know you could take your skills elsewhere or perhaps even start your own business, you get stuck and you stay. Then years pass and you're still there and you're still making that safe drive home. Well, if you have experienced this, you're normal. There are plenty of us out there who want to take the leap into entrepreneurship, but finding the right time, chutzpah, and resources to do it can feel overwhelming. Hell, I ever stayed in my nine to five by five years. I got out, but it took me some time to identify the right time find the chutzpah and resources. I just wish I would have done it sooner. Our guest today, Craig Fisher, is an entrepreneur, self-starter, and an inspiration. He is going to share with us his story on how he was able to GTFO and yes, become his own CEO. Here's a little on Craig. Craig Fisher is the founder of employer brand and recruitment tech process strategy firm, Talent Net Media. He has led global marketing, employer brand, and recruiting innovation at Allegiance Global Solutions, North America's largest RPO and staffing company. He has led talent acquisition teams at the Fortune 500 level, owning recruitment process, marketing, and technology. His digital branding methods have been adopted as best practices by companies like LinkedIn, Toyota, Yum Brands, Microsoft, and many more. He's the author of Inbound Recruiting and a popular keynote speaker at tech, social media, HR, recruiting, and sales conferences worldwide. Craig created the first Twitter chat for recruiters and partnered in the first LinkedIn certified training company in North America. He consults with sales and recruiting teams, advises HR technology firms, and runs the largest recruiting conference series in the Southwest, TalentNet Events. He's been detailed in the Wall Street Journal, NPR, The Economist, and Entrepreneur as a subject matter expert in multiple areas of talent acquisition, and is listed among HR and recruiting's top influencers and most engaging conference speakers. Craig, welcome. I'm so glad you're with us today. Thanks, Holly. Very glad to be here, and it's good to talk to you. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to our conversation today, but as I always do in my podcast, let's talk about how we know each other. How did we meet? Right. Uh, We were introduced by mutual acquaintances uh, in the Dallas market and uh, basically networking. And uh, it's kind of how we do around here. That is how we do it around here. And um, Dallas networking is just a charm. And we're very lucky that we have a good group of people here. And you know what? You and I got to meet face to face. That sounds funny now because (laughs) we met face-to-face in a Starbucks last January before all this COVID stuff went down. 
That's right. And uh, it was a great meeting. And it's funny, we sat um, basically staring at each other for about 15 <laughs> minutes before we realized that that's who we were supposed to meet. You know, I never did uh, like um, app dating, but it seemed kind of like that. Yeah, it kind of felt like that. I was like, is that you? I think you're Craig. You want some coffee? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, and well, it turned out that you live not too far from where I am. And so uh, we, you know, it's very convenient for us to meet up. So we should do it again one of these yes, days. We will. We will. When we're able to get back in that damn Starbucks, we will. I promise. I mm-hmm. promise. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, well, before we get into my questions today, will you just tell us about you? Give us a snapshot of who you are, Craig. Yeah. So um, I started off uh, as a pharmaceutical rep uh, right out of college with Glaxo, which is now GSK. Mm-hmm. Um, they moved me from Norman, Oklahoma, basically where I was going to school at OU, down to Houston to run a territory down there. I did that for a couple of years and then got a bigger job selling hospital equipment in Dallas. And I did that for another four years. And then uh, the bottom kind of fell out of that sales market because of the HMO debacle um, that was brought about by basically Bill and Hillary Clinton. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the way you could entertain doctors after that was different. And a lot of my friends who were in that um, space jumped into physician recruiting uh, with companies like Merritt Hawkins, which is now owned by AMN Healthcare. And I got recruited into that. And um, I found that uh, recruiting did all the great things that I loved about sales, uh, as well as this sort of um, research uh, that you have to do about your prospects um, and your your product. Your product in recruiting, interestingly, is the one thing you could sell that can change its mind. So you have to sell both to the customer and to your own product, which is the job candidate. In my case, it was physicians. Um, And I did that for uh, about a year. And that company um, basically closed its doors due to some internal, uh, we'll say, um, thievery (laughs) at the top level. Sure, sure. Imagine. Yeah. And, but I'd, I'd, I'd become good at it. And the next day I was working for a company called Matrix Resources, uh, which is a technology staffing firm here in Dallas. They're based in Atlanta, Georgia, and they're the largest regional staffing company in North America. And I got to bring my entire team over with me. And, um, you know, the rest is history. I've been in in recruiting ever since uh, that period. And eventually... Uh, I became a uh, you know a team leader there, and then went on to uh, be a director of sales and recruiting at another staffing company. Um, and then uh, I decided to quit after doing that at a corporate level for ten years. Um, I decided to walk away and start my own company. Uh, the drive, the the hours. Uh, I, I had made a decision early on. Um, to take basically full commission for all my uh, recruiting, even management jobs. Uh, I got paid a little bit for the management part, but I, I opted for more um, more commission because I could make more money that way because I believed in my own ability and sort of entrepreneurial 
uh, skills right. to do it that way. And I, I, it's a roller coaster to go full commission. I mean, it's such a, it's such a crazy ride. But I, I succeeded. I made a lot of money. It was great, and I got so good at it, and uh, you know, figured I could do it on my own. Didn't need the house, in other words. Right. Um, I love that you yeah. were independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I walked away, and and I started this great uh, staffing company. Did that for um, almost four years, and during that time, I developed all these methodologies to um, basically do everything you need for a big staffing company with free online tools like LinkedIn and uh, you know social media, and um, and I taught my customers how to do it as well. So that was sort of the selling point for us as an organization. We right. can save you money because we're not spending any uh, money on overhead. And I can teach you how to do the same thing, do more with less. What and year was that, Craig? Because you were, you were at the front end of this whole thing, really. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was starting in 2007. Right. Right. And um, I walked away from that in uh, 2011. Uh, I was able to basically start consulting. I got asked to speak at conferences. I got popular on Twitter because I started this great Twitter chat as a means of, you know, developing uh, awareness about my brand uh, and, you know, drive business. And um, that became an in-person conference. And, uh, you know, all this stuff kind of started taking on a life of its own and employers were having me uh, into their offices to train their teams. And I was able to start doing kind of this lifestyle business and uh, sold my piece of the staffing company to my partner um, and uh, kind of walked away again and uh, and was an independent uh, consultant for several years before getting um, asked to come back into the corporate world. And that's a whole nother story. And we can we can talk about that in a little while if you want. We're, I would love to. What I'm hearing in who you are in a, a theme is walking away. Mm-hmm. Y- you looked at a situation and you went, nope, I can do this better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this differently. You took a chance and you walked away. Yep. I mean, that takes a lot of courage and bravery to do mm-hmm. that. You know, and I'm impressed by that because when you did walk away, you were able to brand yourself and then you're giving presentations and then you're the keynote speaker. Did you know that these things would be in your future when you walked away? I didn't um, uh-huh. know that. So I remember the first time I had to give a, a stand-up presentation in front of uh, one of my teams when I was just a contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, terrible because I didn't really, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know my subject matter. I didn't study my topic very well. It was, um, you know, it was on a, a technical, uh, you know, software skill that we were recruiting for. Um, and uh, I was supposed to give a breakdown of, you know, database architecture or something. And I, you know, I was not good. I was nervous. Um, I hadn't planned it out. And so I didn't really think, but, you know, I had theater training when I was a little kid and it, it, all these things that you learn when you're young, uh, in school and extracurricular stuff, they all come back to help you out at some point. You can use all your skills. Right. And so I decided to, um, get on stage, uh, after practicing in front of church groups to kind of donate my time to all these career organizations at church groups, uh, Foster Williams started inviting me because I was kind of popular online. And so I was able to teach what I knew and I'd already been kind of doing this for my customers in, uh, in training settings. And, uh, I, I practiced my, 
my presentation about 37 times before I ever asked for payment uh, to do it on stage. You told and, me that last January. Yeah. You're like, I had to get up there, practice, donate my time, get my get my talk track down, make it perfect and comfortable yeah. for you. And I love that because it, it's better to do it that way just than just to throw yourself right on the stage, I think. It is. And the, the practice is rewarding if you're, if you're doing something that benefits others. And, you know, in my case, recruiting is kind of a blessing of its own because you get to help people, you know, change their careers. And now I, I mentor people who um, start their own businesses on a regular basis, but I still, you know, give back to these career groups and, and teach them how to, when they're out of work, make the pivot to, you know, starting their own LLC, being a consultant, studying the work that they want to do in order to get yeah. the attention of the employers they might want to work for yeah, um, and publishing their, you know, their results online. Uh, but later today, <clears throat> I am uh, doing a one hour fireside chat for the MBAs of um, Portland State University as a favor to a woman who saw me on stage five years ago <clears throat> speaking for the uh, MBA Career Services uh, Experts Association of America or something like that, the MBA CSEA. It was a, <clears throat> a big conference in Dallas, and I was asked to be one of the keynote speakers to that. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and she saw me and she heard me tell the group how to rank first for your name on LinkedIn and other places where people might search for you because not everybody has a really completely unique name. You want to be at the top of the search results when people go to check you out, right? Right. And she says, five years later, I did all that stuff. Five years later, I'm still the number one result for my name. And I said, that is a great story. Can I quote you? And what can I do for you? <laughs> and she says, well, you know, we, we have these things for our MBA classes. And I do the MBA uh, thing at, uh, at Baylor on a fairly regular basis every couple of years and uh, other schools as well as kind of ad hoc. So I love this talk and uh, I love giving back. And it's a great way to, you know, um, update your presentation and, and practice your skills. Right. Yes. And what I, what I love about what happened to you is you met her five years ago. Mm -hmm. And who knew that you would have an, a lasting impact on her? And then here you are, here you are again, circling back, and now you're doing this fireside chat. You never know how you're impacting other people. Right. You know, she remembered <laughs> you, and I think that that's key. Um, yeah, and that's a common theme. So in sales and recruiting, you know, you touch a lot of people, um, and uh, you know, definitely in recruiting, I. I interviewed, uh, reviewed resumes of, um, and, you know, got interviews for and, and hired thousands and thousands of people, um, over my career. Right. And uh, you develop this, uh, this weird, uh, part of your brain for memory of, you know, people's names, faces, and skill sets and things about their family and, you know, all the things you have to do in order to, to sell the process. Um, and so, uh, I feel really blessed because, you know, that I, it, I've always been a networker. I've always been somebody that brings people together, right? Even back in school, I was that guy. And, uh, and I, that's what I do for a living now. It's wonderful. Right. I, yeah, I love how that translated for you from sales into what you're doing now. 
It's your skill set. And I talk about that all the time when people are like, what am I going to do next? I'm like, use your skill set. Whatever it is you're good at, take it with you and turn it into your hustle. That's right. And I think you're a perfect example of that. I really do. And you've helped people through their evolution. And because of that, you've elevated your career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to, you know, it's funny if you, if you build your story arc, like when you're writing your resume or your cover letter or, you know, putting together your pitch, if you build your story arc and think about how all the things you do, you know, how did you learn that? You know, how do you, how do you know that? How are you good at that? And it's, you know, things your mother and father told you and it's um, things you learned in school, something that uh, an influencer on your life, um, you know, made an impression with uh, years before, uh, you know, books you read, all these things, um, you know, the <laughs> uh, Tim Ferriss's 24 hour uh, work week was like one of the biggest influences on my life ever. It's one of the Magical. reasons I, yeah, <laughs> one of the reasons I started being a consultant. Um, can we go back a little bit? Mm -hmm. I want to go back because clearly we know you are forward thinking, you're an entrepreneur, you're an innovator, you're a leader. Let's go back to going back into corporate mm -hmm. and then what happened after that? Um, I'm interested particularly in that part and also when you still had your side hustle mm -hmm. and how you do both, because I think a lot of people get stuck on that trying yeah. to do both. They get anxious. It gets to be unknown. They get uncomfortable. So we'd love to hear about that from you. Yeah. So when I walked away from the staffing business, um, you know, I walked away with some money, but I, I was really bootstrapping a consulting business and I had to quickly make a name for myself. So I was, uh, you know, getting on stage a lot. Um, I started this uh, Twitter chat when I had the consulting or when I had the staffing business. Um, and, and that became uh, an in-person conference. Uh, and it was just another way for me to get myself on stage in front of a bunch of people that I would want to do work for. I invited employers to my conference and introduced them to all the tech vendors in the, uh, in the staffing and recruiting space. And then I got sponsors from that. And, you know, this whole thing just became this this uh, life of its own. And I, my, my methodology is to use LinkedIn for SEO. Uh, I, there are ways that you can put keywords in certain places on your LinkedIn profile that puts you at the top of search results. And so for me, my skill set is employer branding and talent attraction and candidate experience and all these things that make people want to come work for your organization. And so I optimize my LinkedIn profile for all of these keywords. And today, still, if you do a Google search for employer brand strategy, Dallas, Texas, I am the, you know, first person that you'll see uh, on, on Google search results. It's crazy. Genius. Genius. Yeah, I love right? that. Love and that. so, yeah. and, and so one day a recruiter called me up and you get a lot of calls when you, you know, you're uh, sort of semi-famous in your, in your field. Uh, but a recruiter called me up and said, um, I've got a job, uh, in Dallas for a legacy software company that really needs a facelift on their employer brand. I said, okay, um, I'm guessing that's uh, CA technologies. And they said, yeah, how'd you know that? I said, I used to do staffing for them. I, you know, I know the market. Um, I said, how'd you find me? And this, recruiter said, uh, 
I was told to call the first person I found on Google for employer brand strategy in Dallas, Texas. And that's you. <laughs> it works. It worked. It, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it did. And I've had so many people tell me the same thing, you know, from their stories that they, they got found uh, in a search because they came up first in search results for those for their keywords. And so um, I said, look, I know about what that job would pay. You can't afford me. Um, but, uh, you know, I do this other stuff. I run a conference and I speak at all these events and I, I do private training for smaller staffing companies and, um, you know, uh, employers. And, uh, if you can allow me to still do some of that, then you can have me for, you know, let's say two thirds of what I would normally charge for uh, a full-time role. And that way I keep my foot in the consulting business because that's my, really my passion. And I'll do this for you because I think it would be interesting to have some corporate experience proving what I do. And they said, you know what? We can work with that. I said, yeah, it's going to benefit you because all of these employers that I do training for might want your services. So this was an RPO company, Allegis Global Solutions, that was doing the outsourced recruitment process for CA Technologies. And so they wanted me as an in-house, boots on the ground, uh, carrying a bag and badge of the customer, which was the software company, CA Technologies. Um, and so they said, yeah, that's, that's great. I mean, you're, it seems that you're kind of famous and, you know, you can get on stage and talk about case studies. And if it works out, you know, you can do all kinds of stuff with us. If it not, you, you're going to be a better consultant for the experience. I said, okay, it sounds like a good deal. So they gave me 20 paid days a year to make other money doing whatever I wanted. And, I uh, love what you did, Craig, because you negotiated yeah. your way back in. That's right. Because you decided if you're going back in, you're going back in on your terms. Mm -hmm. And you did it, and they took it. Yeah, and you know, consulting, you can make a lot of money, right? And that, but you don't have um, you know benefits and things like that. But if you make enough money, it doesn't matter. You can just pay for benefits, right? There so, are other ways, listeners. There, anyone out there listening? There are right. ways to do it and yeah, make it there, happen. Uh -huh. There are ways to do it. Four hundred one k is a joke. I mean, let's be honest, uh, you don't need that. And so I wasn't real concerned about all those touchy feely things that the employer, you know, Allegis wanted to entice me with. I'm like, no, uh, you let me do my own thing still and I'll do a really good job for you and we'll impress your customer and I'll get you more customers. They said, absolutely. Wow. How long were you there, Craig? With them? Yeah. So I did that corporate uh, gig at CA for two years. Um, yeah. I, I proved a whole lot of really great points, built case studies around them. Uh, the customer was ecstatic. I improved their uh, talent attraction model by, you know, 350%, like all kinds of things. And, you know, I was a senior leader there. I was a, a director of communications uh, in talent acquisition over employer brand and mm -hmm. um, recruitment marketing and uh recruitment technology, other things. I did that for two years. And, and then Allegis said, we love what you're doing so much here. Please find and hire your replacement and train them. And then we're going to bring you out to do this for our other customers um, as a consultant for us. And I said, great. Uh, I did that. And they brought me out. And 
it turned out that I was, you know, still expensive for the organization. And so they had to give me um, sort of a lofty title and duties in order to sell that internally. So they made me uh, head of RPO marketing. So for those of you that don't know the recruiting world, that's recruitment process outsourcing. And that's when large organizations outsource their entire or part of their recruitment process and recruiters and um, advertising and everything else to a company like Allegis or Manpower or Ronstadt and, you know, some of these big organizations, Kelly Services. Um, and, and so they made me head of RPO marketing and they really liked what I was doing there because I was also still selling sort of what they do to their existing customers and building this consulting practice around it, kind of tip of the spear stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. and helping them get new customers and on all, all these RFPs and pitches. And they liked what I was doing there so much that then they said, we'd like you to also be our head of corporate marketing and brand. So for about a six month period, I was building this consulting bit practice for them, running RPO marketing and also running corporate marketing and brand, uh, which was insane. So I was the CMO. It's a privately held company, so there's really no C-level positions. But in all you know, uh, other circumstances, I was, I was really the CMO. Had a big team, two, two big teams, the RPO marketing team and the corporate marketing team. And uh, finally, they hired somebody to do the RPO job, which was kind of a lower rung job. And I finished uh, doing a couple of big projects as the uh, CMO of a huge uh, corporate brand revamp and uh, global uh, website redesign and, um, you know, lots of things, fun things. Established a lot of best practices, kind of fixed the company to do things my way. And then um, they said, we've got a, well, actually what happened was Toyota moved to Texas. Um, yes, I remember that very well. They moved to Texas and they, uh-huh. they wanted to get to know the local recruiting market so that they could recruit people here. Um, and so they started coming to my conference, TalentNet. And the next year, we were at Capital One the year they came the first time. Uh, we always host TalentNet, my event, at a large employer's headquarters, right? But yeah, now we're virtual. But back then, sure. Capital One. So the next year, I invited them to speak at my conference, uh, which they did. And they have spoke at it, spoken at it ever since. And, um, and then they asked me to, uh, come in and do some training for their team. And I did. And then they said, you know, we've got this employer branding need for our financial services division. They kind of need to separate themselves slightly from the overall brand because they're having trouble recruiting locally and converting a lot of the contractors they hired initially to full-time employees. Could, could you do this? Do you have a team for this? I said, you know, I built up this team at Allegis. We could do it like that. And then, you know, maybe we get an opportunity to be your RPO at some point. They said, great. Okay. We'd love for you to do that. So Allegis let me walk away from the uh, CMO job, which I'd gotten very bored with that for anybody out there who really is striving for a C-level position after the initial uh, thrill, you know, six to nine <laughs> months, it's really, really repetitive and boring. Yes. Um, honeymoon is over. Honeymoon, honeymoon is, is over. over. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and you know, internal politics. And so they let me walk away from that and run uh, a couple of these big projects, one for Toyota, uh, and lead just lead the consulting division, which is now fully baked at this time and uh, ready to go. And we're launching it to the world. So I got to be the head of that consulting division and run this great project for Toyota. So that was another year and a half. So all told I was in five years. Um, 
the Toyota project uh, completed very successfully and we got to compete for the RPO business and we didn't get it. We lost on price and a couple of other things. And, you know, that wasn't on me, um, but it was part of them hoping to ensure I had, you know, a project where a customer could pay for my existence, which is kind of the model there uh, for another three years. That didn't happen. I started working on, you know, a few other accounts, but then COVID hit and the bottom fell out of the staffing industry. Uh, people weren't hiring. Um, most of our customers kind of dried up and I, I'd, I'd been through four or five layoffs, uh, with this company over five years. And I didn't think I was going to get the hammer this time, but I did. Uh, and you know, mainly because I was expensive and, uh, I wasn't high enough in the corporate pecking order to, sort of justify that when they're laying off so many people. So my whole team uh, got laid off of the entire uh, recruitment marketing and consulting team uh, and 300 other people got laid off in May. They said, uh, you know, we will contract you back if you want because uh, we, we want you, but uh, we, you know, we can't, we can't afford you right now. Uh, they gave me a nice runway. They paid for my, um, insurance through August, you know, it was great. And I said, you know what, I'll get back to you. <laughs> and I never did. I, again, walked away. I'd kind of gotten, uh, you know, a little disenfranchised, uh, over time, just basically, um, you know, I, I like to get things started. I like to right. start things. I like to ramp things up and prove points and build case studies and then do something else. And so, you know, I was on my fourth job in the organization and uh, I was just kind of tired of the politics and I was ready. And I'd already been actually looking at ramping up my consulting business. I was already doing that. And so I knew somewhere in my head it was going to happen. And, right. uh, and they made the decision for me, which is fine. That it worked happens. out great. Right? It does. Uh-huh. And I've been busier since than I was for the year before that working with Toyota. And, uh, and it's just been, uh, wonderful and crazy. And I'm working on massive projects with big organizations on my own terms. And it's really, really fun. Because of all of your hard work and everything you've done up until this point. Well, and because I never let the consulting business go. Right. Right. And, and I encourage everyone to do that because if you're out of work, start an LLC right now and, Start researching the companies that you would like to do some work for and then compare that to their competitors and write it up and write it as a, a work project for your LLC and post your results on LinkedIn and create videos about it and do drip marketing and tag all of the uh, recruiters and employers and project managers that you might want to do that work for. Yep. They might you know, call you up and say, you know, that's really interesting. Could you do, you know, some consulting work for us? And what happens a lot when I tell people to do this, they, that ends up becoming a real job. And so, you know, I'm not advocating on the GTFO show that you have to get another real job. I say, do it as consulting work. It pays better. It's got better terms. And, uh, you know, you can keep doing it. And if you're a starter and entrepreneur like me, 
you know, you can do these projects, which are much more fulfilling than trying to do the same thing for the same company forever. Right. I couldn't agree with you more because when you're doing those projects, it's about you and it's about what you can offer. It's not necessarily about the big political organization. That's right. It's, it's freeing. I think it's freeing. So it sounds like your GTFO moment was kind of gifted to you. Like, here's your GTFO Yeah. here. And you're like, I'm ready. Because yeah. you said that a couple of seconds ago. You're like, I was ready anyway. I was ready. I'd been, I'd been bored for about a year at that point. And, uh, you know, companies, corporations, they, they want you to stretch, right? They want you to do multiple things for the same pay and they make a lot of promises they don't keep a lot of times. And Really never is, heard of that before. Yeah, so, right? Sarcasm. Sarcasm. And this is nothing on any individual company. I mean, Allegis was great to me. Um, it's just the way things go. I mean, it's not any one person making those kinds of decisions, right? It's, uh, it's, it's just how corporate work is. And so, you know, I'd been bored for a while and it's just the same, same thing. Um, I like working for myself. I'm real good at selling me. I'm real yeah. good at being the CEO of Craig. You're also good at reinventing yourself. Absolutely. Like that's what I've heard. That's another theme with you. You're good at reinventing yourself. You're not afraid of that. You're not afraid to try something different and go out on your own. And well, I think that's something that listeners need to hear. You know, it, it's funny when you when you speak at conferences and, you know, in non-COVID times, I speak at 20 or 30, you know, big events a year plus uh, doing training and consulting for customers. And you have to bring the latest ideas to your audience. And so when um, we started implementing AI chatbots on career sites for one of our customers at Allegis. Um, you know, I was at the forefront of that technology. So I made a pivot from employer branding to, uh, you know, candidate communications and uh, automation. And, you know, I make these pivots all the time. I keep the same kind of central theme, mm -hmm. but I make these big pivots into candidate experience and other things that, you know, are related to what I do. And uh, those, those reinventions, um, keep me interested, keep me in the game. They do. And you don't get bored. You don't That's get right. bored. When you were still in doing the corporate thing and you said you were bored for a year, did you realize it? Were you aware of it or were you just going through the motions? I was very that? aware of it. I, okay. talked to my, I talked to my wife about it a lot mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I was very aware. I, I knew what I was doing. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you said that because I think that's important for people to realize because they do get just caught up in the same old thing and they don't realize they're bored. They think this is what you're just supposed to do because your parents did it and their parents did it, but it does not have to be that way. That's exactly so, right. I appreciate your awareness. Um, okay. For the sake of time, and I want people to learn more about you and you have so many magical um, things to offer for people to learn about. What do you recommend for other individuals who want to do the same? What do you recommend for people who are making that safe drive home from the same job they've done for 10 years and they want to break out? What do you tell them? Start your own business now. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. And, and, mm -hmm. and do, it, do it in the name of, of being a good employer advocate right? Uh, promote your company and, and your job and what you do and do it in the name of, um, you know, promoting your company. And, and that alone will inspire you and help you to not be bored. Um, right. Uh, but it, 
try to be an, an SME of, of what you do, you know, in the online space first and write about it and, uh, and, and think about it and do, and get scholarly about it and, and then start a business to help, you know, your friends with projects and things like that in the background. Um, and you'll find that the branding of yourself, uh, and promoting, you know, what you do is very, very rewarding and, soon enough, people are asking to pay you to do exactly the stuff that you're promoting about. Exactly. And for our listeners, SME is subject matter expert. That's right. I, a lot of you probably know that, but there are perhaps a group of you who have not heard it before as an acronym, but that's what it is. And you're right, Craig, because the more you do that, the more you make yourself visible and they recognize you for that. So, and that can be done. It can be done. Clearly oh, you yeah. did it and you built, you built your career on it and you were, you were ahead of it. Um, what are some of the key things people can expect to experience when they take these first steps into entrepreneurship? Yeah. So fear, dread, <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> there's that, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, beyond that, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of thrill uh, involved in landing a gig, uh, you know, a, a, a project with a company um, or a customer. And you, you can't get to down about, you know, the tough parts, uh, and you can't get too excited about any one deal because it's a long ride, right? It's a, it's a roller coaster and you've got to, you've got to maintain some, um, some centeredness to it, uh, in, in order to get through because you can't be manic, uh, all the time. You've got to, you've got to be very steady. You're, you're right. And I know what that manic part is like. And you really you have to realize this takes time, and you you function at your best when you are patient, and you realize things come with time. So I understand That's right. that. Um, okay, I want to ask you this last question, and I asked you this a couple of days ago, and I loved your answer, so I'm going to ask it again. All right. What were some of your limiting beliefs that you had in place for yourself prior to becoming your own CEO? Yeah. So. <clears throat> You know, I'm not <laughs> great with uh, finances and 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 things like that. I'm I'm organized, but in a way that most people don't understand. Um, and so, you know, I wasn't sure that I could manage this on my own. And to be honest, I'm still not sure I can. <laughs> Um, my wife helps me a lot and I lean on her, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. for exactly that. And I'm, I, I read, I constantly update my skill set and try to improve myself to overcome those things. Right. Right. No, I think you have to, it's part of being on your own. I think you have to really evaluate yourself and figure out where else you can grow. And to your point, everything is uncomfortable. You, I, I never get comfortable as an entrepreneur. Because it's just something new every single day and we grow from it. So That's I think right. it's important to recognize that. So for the for those of you out there who have any, any limiting beliefs like I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, look at things differently because you can. Just know it's going to be a different experience, but you'll grow and develop from that. So That's right. Um, and you know that that getting out of your comfort zone is is important. Uh, it's an important part of it. And it's part of the fun uh, as well. Yeah, it is. Because you know you're finally doing what you really want to do. That's so right. like you, I was in medical sales for years. It wasn't what, what, I, what I really wanted to do. This is, you know, 
So yeah. it's, it's worth it. It's well worth it. Well, Craig, how can our listeners get connected with you or learn, learn more about you? What if they want to work with you? Yeah. So you can go to talentnetlive.com, T-A-L-E-N-T-N-E-T-L-I-V-E, talentnetlive.com and learn all about me. And also if you want to, you can uh, attend our upcoming conference on November 20th, which is online on a virtual platform called Hop In. It's a wonderful, immersive experience. And you'll learn a whole lot about um, you know, entrepreneurship and uh, research strategy and uh, online marketing. And it's a, it's, it's a conference full of employers and recruiters. So if you're, if you're actually looking for a job, you know, that's, it's a great place to be as well. But um, uh, talentnetlive.com is the is the way to go you can use a uh, discount code ATAP that's the association of uh, talent acquisition professionals they've generously sponsored a discount code uh, for this event which makes it almost free so it's a great excellent. great place to be yeah excellent and any other platform they can follow you on twitter linkedin obviously yes connect with me on linkedin i'm on twitter and instagram both at fishdogs f i s h d o g s Come find me there. Excellent. Thank you, Craig. I know you have so much to offer our listeners, and I appreciate that you spent so much time with us today. And I know you have so much more to talk about. I'd love to have you back. Yep, we'll do it again. Sounds great, Holly. All righty, guys. Thank you. This is a wrap. This is the end of season two of GTFO. Thank you for joining us today, and I can't wait to get reconnected in season three. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today on the GTFO podcast. This is Holly Kaplan. To connect with me for confidence coaching or speaking engagements, please connect with me at hollykaplan.com or find me on Instagram at GTFO underscore podcast. Thanks.